amazing Cindy and uh, the team. That was a amazing. Thank you so, so much for leading us in such a wonderful way. I was uh, standing there and at am sitting, and as uh, Cindy was leading us, I was thinking, my job is done. You know, I don't need to, uh, you know, say a, a, anything. You know, she, she seemed to have, uh, uh, you know, captured a, a, everything and summed it so well, much, much better than, uh, you know, I can put it uh, to, to you. So, you know, I'm just standing there saying hello and then going to sing. <laughs> Is that all right? Yeah. Uh, who said yeah? <laughs> That's the first thing from Calvin is yeah. The second one, he said, he told us that uh, through Cindy, that is funny Sunday today, didn't you? You know, it's funny Sunday, and you know, I understand that's why I'm speaking, you know. It's, it's, um, yeah. Good sense of humor, isn't it? Funny Sunday. Um, as we were kind of, you know, talking about the, the, the theme and Roger needed to put something on uh, uh, social media. So, you know, I sent him a, a message. I said it's about journeys. And he sent a message back and he said, that make sure that you highlight, you know, the, the dangers, you know, the things like the fall and so on. You know, and uh, thinking of Joanne, then Paul in the office, lo and behold, email, yeah, not just, uh, you know, the tricky paths up the mountains and down the mountains, but also the stairs going up to, uh, you know, the, 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 the loft, uh, you know, because some of you might know that Paul fell on the stairs as well. So I'm not going to talk about that kind of danger this morning or journeys, you know, this morning. But, you know, uh, um, just in case, and, uh, you know, for those who know me, I got the habit of not following the script, yeah? In case I do not follow the script, so basically what I want to say is what Cindy already said, yeah? And this is the journey I'm wanting to take you on, that we all are involved in journeys, and the journeys, we sometimes plan our journeys, other times, you know, it's a kind of, it just happened, you know, life happened, it's not something we plan, but through it all, it's always the opportunity to discover. Without a journey, you cannot discover. Through a journey, you begin to discover not just yourself, but you discover others. And like the disciples, they definitely discovered God. Yeah, through it and through their discovery, there was an amazing expansion and growth in their lives. So that's the journey we're going on this morning. Is that all right? You ready? You ready for a little bit of a journey this morning? And when I said I'm not going to speak long, it means I'm going to speak for a long time. <laughs> yeah, you're ready. Oh, by the way, welcome again. Let me add my words to uh, Andy's, uh, you know, to welcome those who are following us uh, online this morning. 
Yeah, my name is Bruno, by the way, for those who don't know me. I'm still married only to one wife at the moment. <laughs> it's it's a, a journey, isn't it? You know, so things might, might change, but for now it's one wife. <laughs> Depending if she's annoying me or not, so <laughs> I might take a note. Journeys definitely, uh, you know, do transform and change us. I remember our middle son, he kind of left home in 2018 and, uh, you know, went to, to Canada and, you know, two and a half years and he came back. Uh, Joanne's saying, you know, when Stefan came back was, you know, he went as a boy and came back as a man. You know, his time and his journey changed him. As I was saying, you know, we are all involved in journeys. We are all involved in journeys, and some of those journeys are planned, and others are not planned. Some journeys that we plan and dream of you know, for years and years, and others are not of our choosing. But the interesting thing is that if we pay attention on our way, we will always have some good, positive surprises. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus, like the story we heard this morning, they were involved in a journey. And on their journey, they, it's a journey they, they probably, you can say, you know, when you read the story, you can say that they plan to go, but it seemed like it wasn't, you know, the kind of journey they wanted to do. You know, at least from my reading of the story, it seems that they went on this journey because of the events that happened recently in Jerusalem. You know, this man, this prophet they were following, one on whom they pinned all their hopes on, uh, you know, suddenly was killed. And they felt like their hope were dashed. And they decided to leave Jerusalem because the reason they are hanging around Jerusalem was because of this man. Now he's no longer, they decided to make their way to Emmaus. My assumption, I don't know if it's true, theologians here can correct me, you know, that Emmaus might have been where they originally came from, or it was a village they knew. And, uh, you know, so seven miles were told that they are making their way back. And as they made their way, you know, to Emmaus, they could not talk of anything else but the last events, what has disturbed them. And they were so downcast and, uh, you know, feeling really down about the, their journey. And as they are making their way, you know, they were so sad, and uh, the, the events were weighing so heavy on their hearts that they did not recognize the stranger who approached them and was walking alongside them. 
the past few months, you know, getting to know some of you and so on, and, uh, you know, and just life experience teaches me that we all are involved in journeys. You know, some of our journeys are kind of long journeys, others are short, but we are all involved in journeys. Some people are involved in journeys because of ill health, whether physical or mental. Others, the journey is because of the breakdown in relationships or the heartache because of loved ones. Others, the journey is because of work or uh, you know, financial pressures and so on. But, you know, when I look across the room, you know, some of you I get to know a little bit better than others. But, you know, the fact that someone comes in on Sunday and cries, hallelujah, no, that happens so often. <laughs> Not enough for my liking. <laughs> the fact that someone must smile and say, hello, nice to see you, it doesn't mean that they are not involved in a journey. Beyond with the scene, you know, as I, I, I look across the room and, uh, you know, surely those online as well, though all of us, we are involved in different journeys. And those journeys, like I said, they vary in length. And they obviously, you know, vary in severity and, you know, are deep and are profound, but it's a journey nonetheless. You know, sometimes, uh, and, uh, you know, like, I, I, I tend, because that's my way of thinking, I tend to think, oh, you know, there are people who are in a worse situation, you know, that, than me and so on. But, you know, the reality of it is that when you are going through a situation, you know, is in the midst of it, yours can feel, you know, really worse. It can feel really terrible. It's not a matter of comparing to others, you know. It relates to you and what's happening in your life. It's not always something we like to go through. It's not some kind of journey that we like to follow, but it's a journey that we are going through. And what I have noticed you know, with the disciples and on the road to Emmaus is that Jesus drew alongside them. And in drawing alongside them, he paid attention to them. He asked them, what are you talking about? You know, so in other words, he wanted to hear their story. He wanted to hear what they are going through. He listened to them. He might have called them, you foolish, you didn't understand, but he did not, you know, he kind of rebuked them badly and said, you should not be going through this. You should not be feeling this way. He didn't. He drew alongside them and walked the distance with them. He went all the way to Emma's. Seven miles in your car is a short distance. But if you have started walking seven miles, you know, it feels quite a long way. 
And the terrain there walking on wasn't probably by, you know, the nice road, you know, a kind of clear path you can just walk on. It must have been quite, you know, you know a difficult terrain, but Jesus walked alongside them. I don't know if you, you probably have thought about it, but the God or the man who walks alongside them reminds me of the one from the story of creation, God walking in the garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. It brings us all the way back to the beginning that he's a God who loves to draw alongside us and walk with us. Your journey, you know, sometimes we might feel like I'm all alone. That nobody understands. God does. God does. You might not see him, you might not feel him, and he might feel completely distant, distant from you. He's still there. Whether you recognize him or not, he's with you. He's with you. Because not only has he got the whole world in his hands, he has got you in his hand. Amen? amen? That's a false amen. You should have said amen before I said amen. <laughs> He's got us in his hand and he walks with us. And as part of uh, the, the, that journey is that he draws alongside us as he drew alongside them. And, uh, you know, so talk with them and help them, uh, you know, to, to kind of brought the, the, the words to them and so on. We'll look at that in a minute. But the interesting thing, you know, as I was thinking about this, is that they were not left on their own. Yeah, they, they were not left on their own. And as part of our journeys, we are called to draw alongside others. Alongside others. Of course, we want God to be in our journey, but at times, you know, we need others. And uh, actually, all the time, we need others. This journey is a kind of, you know, you doing your journey, but as brothers and sisters, as church family, as the people of God, it's so nice to have someone who kind of draws alongside you, isn't it? Joanne and I, both with our crooked legs, you know, have a kind of, you know, I'll talk about it if I remember in the discovery bit, but, you know, it was so nice to have you as a church family drawing alongside us. You know, I, before I joined CBC, I used to be really slim. <laughs> you don't believe me, do you? <laughs> but 
the mails we received for 300 bed weeks, you know, mails were delivered and people going the extra mile, bottle of wine, cake, and this and that, you know, so that's why I look the way I do now. <laughs> but joke aside, you know, it was, you know, nice to know that there were people, you know, drawing alongside us. So it's a, a two-way thing, yeah, where we need to, you know, we want other people to draw alongside us when we are on our journey and also, you know, for us to be able to draw alongside others in their journeys as well. Because when we do that, you know, then it leads to other things, the discovery that I will talk to you about in a minute. But I was thinking, you know, two are better than one. You, you know that scripture, don't you? You heard it often in weddings. Yeah? Two are better. Let, let, let me, uh, you know, put the, the scripture on screen. You know, from Ecclesiastes, you know, chapter 4, talks about two are better than one because you have a good return for, the, uh, sorry, they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. It's a scripture we often, oh, I have, you know, having done a few weddings, I often used it for the wedding. Actually, when you read the chapter and so on, it's nothing to do with weddings as such. Yeah, it's talking about the oppressed and so on, needing someone to draw alongside them. It's talking about someone else who is on their journey and when they are feeling down, when they are needing support for somebody else to draw alongside them. Two are better than one. It's an English saying that talks about, um, oh, what's the, the, the saying, if my memory serves me right, it, it talks about uh, being in someone else's shoe, isn't it? Yeah? Okay. The thing about it, you know, you might not fit size 12 like me, but you still wear a shoe nonetheless. You might not fit properly in my shoe. But drawing aside someone doesn't mean that you fully understand what they are going through. Drawing a, 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 along someone is you simply saying, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And, you know, for me, that's what journeying with people is all about. It doesn't mean that I understand, you know, because I will never understand. And I'm going to drop Joanne in this now, so get prepared. She is always knows, you know. So, so, sometimes she goes, you don't understand, Bruno. You know, she said to me. And I go, 
Of course, I don't understand. I'm not going through what you're going through. But, you know, all we need is to be there, to show up for one another, to show up for one another. At times, maybe not at times, all the time, we need God. But sometimes and often enough, God uses men and women, boys and girls, to be him to others. You with me? Yeah? Just imagine you being Jesus to somebody else in their journey, in their time of need. You showing up. And we all got stories to tell, haven't we? Of at the right time, someone came and did something or just spoke a word or, you know, whatever. And, oh, thank you so much. How timely that was. That's what God has called us to be. You are not alone, yeah? Planned or unplanned journey you're going through, please know, friends, you are not alone. You are not alone. And my challenge is for us to be able to be there for others like that because two are better than one. Three, four, five, six, seven are better than just one on their own. Not to leave anybody to be alone. And also, you know, for you, the journey you are going through, please know that you are not alone because, you know, you know that God's, one of God's names is the God who sees. The God who sees is a story of Hagar uh, in the Bible. I think it's in Genesis 16. Uh, you know, it says, he's the God who sees. When you feel like nobody sees what you are going through in your home, in your room, nobody understands, nobody sees, God sees. He's the God who sees. I always thought of... Uh, um, you know, there's a scripture in, uh, I think it's in John uh, chapter 1, uh, you know, when Jesus calls the disciples, and then he went to a man called uh, Nathanael and, uh, you know, said to him, you know, you are Nathanael, you know, the one in whom, you know, you can't find any lie. Uh, that's my interpretation, I can't remember, uh, you know, the exact uh, uh, saying, but, you know, the one who, who is always truthful. And then Nathanael goes, how do you know? How do you know? You know, I always thought is that the time when Nathanael was probably sitting under a tree somewhere, kind of thinking, these people, they don't understand. Nobody sees my heart. Nobody hears me. And they always, you know, misinterpret me and, you know, don't understand me and take me badly. Nobody knows, you know. And 
Jesus is kind of saying, you are nothing else. I know your heart. I know your heart. In your journey of feeling that nobody understands, I know you. I know you. He's a God who sees you. He's a God who sees you. Time going. Then if, you know, the journey when others draw alongside us and God definitely is on our side and sees us and walks alongside us, it leads us to discovery. We discover the disciples as they walked along, you know, they definitely, you know, discovered uh, something when they, they discovered the scripture. Remember, they were Jews, so they probably studied the scripture. They probably knew them back to front. But now they had the author of the, sto- the, the story telling them about his story. It was his story. He drew alongside them and began to explain his story to them. And that led them to an amazing discovery. And this discovery, only later on they said, we're not our hearts burning inside us when we heard. We're not our hearts lighting up and opening up as it took to us because the author of the story, you know, began to share with them his story, his story. Their eyes were open. Before the opening of the breaking of bread, of course, but the eyes of the heart began to open. It led them to a discovery. Sometimes, if you are like me, you know, you don't want to go through difficult circumstances of life and so on because none of us want it. Is there anybody who wants to go through pain and sorrow and trouble? Come on, I want to see hands. Okay. Nobody. Me neither. Me neither. But it's only going through the journey that you can discover that you can discover. It's only going through some pains and sorrows and heartache that you can begin to understand and discover. Joanne and I use the example of, uh, you know, it's a kind of, you know, for considering some of the situations I know here, you know, this is nothing because I know it is healing and it will heal. But through this, yeah, our legs and so on, we discovered the love of this church and your care for others. Like I said about the food and so on, you know, through it, we discover, and I got to know some of you, you know, probably quicker in that way as you drop food and we chatted a bit. You know, I got to know you a bit better through that way. With that, this, 
You know, you would not know where I live either, would you? Some of you now know where I live. By the way, it's an African house. It's an open house, yeah? You're welcome anytime. Yeah, you now know where I live, and we got to know it because of this. When we go through our situations, through, you know, what is considered as difficult journeys, we begin to know who our friends are, who are the people who will stick with us through thick and thin. Then also the wonderful thing is that you might lose some friends, but you pick great friends along the way because of your journey. The journey definitely leads to an amazing discovery. That's the only positive, you know, we can see from pain and, you know, the trouble of life. But it's necessary in order to lead you through a, a discovery and to, you know, you know begin to, uh, you know, understand all the things that you would not understand otherwise. Let's, let's say another scripture from uh, um, Ecclesiastes uh, that, uh, you know, we can bypass for now. But, you know, the journey leads you to discovery. Without going through some of the things you have gone through, your understanding would have been limited. Unless I journeyed you know, from the Congo, you know, to England. By the way, it wasn't a direct flight. I journeyed through many other countries before here. But, you know, it's, it kind of has led me, you know, to open my eyes to the world that I would not have otherwise. I would not have otherwise because there is a certain understanding when I was in the Congo, where I grew up in the Congo, and in my aquatic area, and the water there, and so on. I didn't know that you can have water, you know, in your kitchen from a tap. You know, we have water from a river. I don't know which one is better, by the way, so uh, I'm not making a decision. <laughs> but, yeah. So that's just joking, but you know, seriously, it's only you know, by journeying that you discover other things and a world beyond the one. That's probably why God says, you know, the scripture says that he works everything for our good, for the good of those he loved and has called according to his purposes. Because he leads us to discover and the discovery leads to an expansion. We expand our horizon and our vision. You know, they were walk with Jesus and arrived at Emmaus. They insisted for this man, this stranger that they didn't know, was Jesus to sit with them and have a meal with them. And in a way, he became the host because he decided to break the bread. You know, he took charge as God always does. And as he broke the bread, wow, the eyes opened. They recognized him. And as soon as they did, he disappeared. But the eyes were open nonetheless. 
and they remained open. They were so open that the seven miles they did, and to the strangers, they said, please don't go on because it's dark and it's dangerous. Guess what they did? They soon turned around and walked back to Jerusalem. They didn't stay the night because their eyes being opened, they discovered, you know, something new. They made their way back to Jerusalem because they wanted to share about their discovery and wanting others to discover and to expand and to grow as well. Journeys chosen or not chosen, planned or not planned, they always lead to discovery, and that discovery leads to us growing. But as part of our journeys, we need others. We need others. And uh, let me finish with a couple of things. We just have a, had an Easter last Sunday. By the way, about last Sunday, Roger wore the jacket and he didn't pass it to me. So that's why I haven't got the jacket this morning. So, <laughs> Sorry, Roger. Last Sunday, Easter and the resurrection happened. The sound of hallelujah rang loud and clear. <coughs> Yet, in my mind, because this story, the disciple on the road to Emmaus came after Easter Sunday. The people who walked with Jesus still felt abandoned and alone. How much I hope that the resurrection story was meant that all our pains are gone, all our sorrows are done with, no more heartaches, no more suffering. Oh, I wish that was true. But actually, the promise from God and from Jesus is, Lo, I will be with you until the end of the age. He never said, Lo, now you are free from suffering. Now you are free from pain. But it was, I will be with you until the end. I will walk with you. I will hold your hand. I will walk alongside you. And I will be with you. And it's not going to be me if I don't finish with... uh, a story. Oh, yes. Sorry, I forgot that. You see, I don't follow the script. That's uh, read this quote from uh, William Hendrickson. You know, talking about the the, the, the journey. You know, of the, the disciple to Emmaus, and he said, "The cross, the very instrument of despair, becomes the object of glory." became the object of glory and could, you know, as I think it could, our journeys, the pain and the struggle and, you know, the suffering, the illnesses, 
could they become also objects of glory whereby God glorifies himself through our pain. Unless you go through the dry season, you will not fully appreciate the rain. Unless you experience a season of pain and suffering, will a season of life and joy be fully appreciated and embraced? I was saying that I'm going to finish with uh, this story and its communion. The story to cut short, uh, I talk too long as always, but um, it's a story of a, a little girl. She was only five years old, went shopping with her mom, uh, and, uh, you know, could be Tesco, Waitrose, Lidl, Aldi, Sainsbury's, forgotten any. <laughs> Then they, on the shop, they did a shop, as, or they made their way out to notice there were pearls, you know, by uh, the, the, the teal. And she wanted to buy these pearls, but uh, the, the, the mom said, uh, you know, let's say her name was Claire. Claire, you know, we'll go home and I'll give you chores. If you make enough money, you'll come back to buy the pearls. And lo and behold, uh, they went home, and uh, mom gave Claire some uh, chores, and Claire quickly accomplished the chores and uh, made enough of £2.50. Mama, mom, I got the money you wanted me to have. So the mama's, mama to keep to her promise. Yeah? You hear me? Mama to keep to her promise. Yeah, yeah? Okay. I was just making sure we keep to it. And they, they went back to, to the, the, the supermarket and bought the pearls. So these pearls, she wore them every day. They were her favorite. And it was a kind of, you know, she never take them off. Apart from mom said, if you go to have a bath, you need to take them off. Otherwise, your neck will turn green. <laughs> so apart from a bath, and maybe school where she took them off. But, you know, she wore them all the time. So uh, Claire also had a dad, you know, and Claire's dad loved Claire. So dad would come every night to read a story, you know, bedtime story to Claire. And, uh, you know, to cut a long story short, uh, dad would read the story. One night, dad came up and said, after the story, said, Claire, Claire, do you love me? And Claire said, yes, dad, you know I love you. And dad said, give me your pearls. Claire said, not my pearl. I give you, you know, anything but my pearl. I give you my last, you know, you remember that uh, uh, baby doll you bought me? That's my favorite. I will give you even a blanket with it, but not my pearl. Dad said, okay, don't worry. You know, dad went down a week later. You know, Claire, do you love me? Yes, dad, you know I love you. Give me your pearl. And Claire, no, 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 dad, not my pearl. I give you anything but my pearls, you know. You can have that horse, you know, the white horse. That's my favorite horse. You know, you can have that, but not my pearl. And then to cut a long story short, a few uh, days went by, dad came up to read a story. He did a story every night, by the way, but, you know, a few days went by, dad 
came upstairs to read the story. And as dad walked into the room, dad noticed that Claire, Claire was, little Claire was sitting on a bed, you know, uh, quiet and tears pouring down her cheek. And dad, Claire, what's wrong? And that, uh, Claire would not say a word. Claire simply just with her hand folded, reached out to dad and gave dad her purse. And dad, you know, seeing that, dad swelled up with emotions and tears began to flow down his cheeks as well. And he put his hand in his pocket, you know, grabbed the, the pearls on one hand and with the other hand in his pocket, pulled out a velvet box and gave it to Claire. And Claire opened it. I'm cutting a, a wonderful story short here because of time. You know, Claire opened it up and, you know, inside there were real pearls. Real. All this time, Dad has had the real pearls in his pocket. But because, you know, Claire held into the fake pearls, she never received the real. When everything around us is fading, we sang earlier, you know, we say, no, in my heart, that God has got the real thing for us. You know, what my cause us in our journeys, trouble and so on and suffering is really hard. But God has got us. He always thinks the very best for us, Andy.